0: What's going on, you guys? Welcome back to the Help More, Sell More Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Brown game, joined by my friend Joe Marcou. Joe, I'm excited for today. You excited?
1: I'm you know what? I'm always excited. When you said to me, hey, I came up with this topic and I think we need to talk about it, I was like, This is brilliant. So yeah, we have to have people listening in and taking action steps on this because there's just too many people that are stumbling and not making the sales that they deserve because of their
0: psychology 100% and that is exactly it that's our topic today you guys it is uh, episode 11 oh my gosh like we're just cruising along here we're having a blast doing this thing we hope you guys are enjoying it too so we're going to be talking about the psychology of selling and I know this is going to be kind of a nerd hour but I got to tell you guys this Topic. when I first learned about it back almost 15 years ago. uh, When I first read a book, actually, that opened my eyes to this by Brian Tracy called The Psychology of Selling. Uh, Awesome guru there. Yeah, Master of Psychology for Sales. Great book, definitely pick it up. We're gonna hit some of the, the things we've learned, though, through the years, through experience. So this is not just a retelling of that book by any means whatsoever. Uh, we just mainly want to focus on the topic, this, this overarching theme today, that sales mastery is borderline equivalent to an understanding of human psychology. If you can understand why people do things, make decisions, choose to buy, choose to object, why they object, and you better understand how humans operate, you can uh, very rapidly improve your selling skills and increase your revenue and therefore your income. So this is going to be a big one this is a hot topic and I'm, I'm pumped for this. And by the way, you guys, we have a a ton of support options for you that we want you to know about as well. We started a help more sell more Facebook group, which is free to join. We're going to start posting in there December 1st. So if this episode airs after December 1st, we're posting in that group right now, we're running a giveaway currently in that group as well. When we reach a hundred members, we're going to draw a random uh, member who will win a call with both myself and Joe to dive in to really anything that you need within your business, your organization, or uh, just work with yourself as a salesperson, And then at 500 members, we're going to give away access to my whole program and a month of the sales dojo, the SOS dojo. So you guys are not going to want to miss that opportunity. There's a lot of awesome things going on there. So join that group, ask your friends to join that group, get us to those numbers, hundred members, 500 members, and we'll be doing those giveaways. And you got a chance to win that. So huge value by the way there. It's about combined total thirty-seven fifty in terms of value between the calls and that. So uh, yeah, there's you can't lose. Yeah you, yeah, you you can't, can't. lose. Oh, yeah. Of course if you guys like the show be sure to like subscribe drop us a five star review if you're listening to the audio right now that helps us out a ton uh and by the way you can always book a free discovery call with myself or joe and we'd be happy to talk to you about and take a deep dive into what's going on in your business and within your sales organization right now all right joe let's dive into this topic let's start out the way that we normally do with a little bit of story time Story time today, the topic will be, of course, based on human psychology. So when did you first utilize your understanding of human psychology and sales if you can give an experience?
1: You know, it, the it, I was thinking about this in terms of what am I going to share with story time? And it, it, it man, I had two stories that, that came up, and the one that just keeps resonating for me is the resistance. In the mind that people have and I used to feel this way as well I used to feel this way and that's when we don't want to feel salesy we don't want to feel salesy yep. ask yourselves this question have I ever been in a position where I'm afraid to have somebody consider me salesy or I don't want to be pushy I don't want people to think I'm being too aggressive and here's the fact I remember in my youth, like, and I'm talking my youth now, like at 20, 21, 22, when I had my first retail store, I would go to a, a networking event live and my elevator pitch sucked, first of all. And basically it was like, Hey, what do you do? And I was like, I sell exercise equipment and it was, it was horrible. And then what I didn't do was provide people value in terms of, what they could do to be able to exercise more effectively, how exercise could help them, what are things that they could do in terms of their nutrition that would give them more energy. And then on top of that, I wasn't making an offer because I was afraid of being salesy. And now I can tell you that I've worked with thousands upon thousands of people in my career and almost all of them feel the way that I felt I don't want to be salesy. So here's the thing about the psychology of sales. If you don't make an offer, someone else will. And I just want to, clear, I want to reframe this again. If you don't make an offer, someone else will. How many of you listening right now are an expert in your field? The answer should be, well, I am. You should be an expert somewhere. And so if you feel salesy and all you do is you, there's nothing wrong with giving value week after week or day after day on your social media post because social media is business media so absolutely put a post out there give and give and yet at the bottom of every post and i'll take ex- uh, the example it was jason capital who's got millions of followers if you don't know who jason capital is he used to be a top dating coach and he's a good friend of one of my coaches craig valentine and jason now makes a point of at the bottom of absolutely every post, he he makes a offer. Click yes if you're interested in this for free. I've been doing that and I've been and I don't I have literally no problem at all saying, hey, listen, if you're gonna unsubscribe, I'm not gonna lose any sleep over it. It's yeah. okay. I'm not gonna be emotional about it. Because if I just give give away, give away, and give away. And there's other people in your space doing whatever it is that you do, whether you're selling, you know, cars, bicycles, nutrition, fitness coaching, uh, sporting goods. It doesn't matter what it is you sell, you have competition. And if you do a great job of educating people and you don't make the offer, someone else is going to come in and say, Hey, do you want this? I mean, in some cases, right? you'll have this if you're an if you're an Audi dealer and you do a great job of promoting Audi and then another dealership shows up and says, "Hey, here's the offer. They're they're hey, great job, man. You've warmed them up. This guy got the sale. Thanks and for helping
0: me make the sale." <laughs>
1: absolutely. So the psychology in this for me was it, it was Zig Ziglar who who uh, reminded me that, "Hey, I need to stay motivated and on top of my game." And it was actually mark victor hansen co-writer of chicken soup for the soul and he said you know what it's all about sales and marketing kating kating kating, ka-ting because it's all about the ka-ching ching and it was so brilliant and i never forgot it and so that story right there is the psychology that really made me sw- shift gears it was the switch that said Hey, whether it was Jason Capital, whether it was Brian Tracy, whether it was Zig Ziglar, whether it was Mark Victor Hansen, I needed to shift my approach from going from educator to someone who can still educate and ask. And the question here is, are you asking? Because the moment I started asking, guess what? I started making sales. There you go.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's great. And I I would resonate with that a lot. I listened to a lot of Zig Ziglar, like a lot of the same uh, authors as, as you did as well, kind of coming up in sales. Um, I'll, I'll give a different perspective, a different example of psychology for selling for me, because yeah, that book from Brian Tracy had a huge impact on how I sold um and what i'll give you guys is more of uh episode 8 body language and also uh j- just in general my approach to selling right and- I'll start with the the body language, things I changed. I immediately moved to, I mentioned this on episode eight, ordering that pub table, sitting directly next to my prospect instead of across a table from them or across a desk. I didn't take them back in the office. I had them out in an open area. Uh, I was more open, more inviting, warmer, smiling, um, you know, using my, my uh, body language to my advantage versus dis- disadvantage. We talked about um, Good body language versus bad body language in episode eight. So, if you want to rehash, just go back, check that episode. Good again. one. Yeah. Re- use it as a refresher. Constantly try to take action on that and implement that in your daily sales life right now. Please. It makes a huge difference. So, I'll say that aspect made a huge difference. The other thing that I definitely embraced and have embraced forever is this idea that when a person objects, when they make an objection, that is actually the start of the sales process oh you know it. that is when things really get going that is when you know we're in that 400 meter race the gun goes off and we're all sprinting like that is when the race actually starts and by reframing that a little bit and understanding that when a person objects they're not necessarily saying no they're saying not right now or not with this information or not with the value that you've presented, like I'm just not putting the pieces together properly, or I haven't, um, really dialed in what this person needs, wants, desires in a way to find an emotional connection to the product or service that I'm selling. So it's my fault, right? Like just, just that recognition, which is a little bit of my own psychology as well as the buyer's psychology, that was one of the biggest like epiphany moments for me in sales because it changed the way that I approached objection handling. Prior to that, I I was uh, the scared person who didn't wanna like ask for money. Just like Joe's example there, I had a tough time asking for the sale. Then I realized like, oh, asking for the sale is just initiating the sales conversation. So like, okay, you got to do that. Otherwise you can't make a sale, obviously. Cool. So that clicked, that was fine. But the epiphany really came when I understood like when they're objecting, they're not saying no and end conversation and storming out of the building. It's more like, you know, I need to think about this. Okay. That's not saying no, that's, that's literally maybe. Right now is where I do my job as a salesperson. And I try to get them off of maybe onto yes or onto no, because yes and no are 10 times better than maybe. Oh my
1: God. Yeah.
0: That you can have. So understanding that like really helped me with my endurance through objection handling. I started handling the objection, moving through it, uh, handling the next objection, being okay with there being three, four, five objections that I had to help them overcome because they're really just excuses and smoke screens in their head. And we're gonna talk about that this episode, but I would be okay with working through that. Like, oh, another objection, instead of going face palm, this is the worst thing ever. I'd be like, cool, they're just, they're processing. They're just processing this decision and I can help them think out loud and process it now Because if they leave, they're not coming back, they will not come back. So that was the, the big moment for me. And I remember one of my first sales that I made after having that epiphany was a two year, twice a week, personal training contract for, uh, around $4,000. So like. It was a, one of my bigger, it was my biggest sales at the time. One of the bigger sales that we would ever make at this company uh, for these 30 minute personal training sessions that I didn't have to train. Like I just got commission on that. And then I handed that client over to a personal trainer who took care of her. Right. But I just remember that happening because I didn't settle for maybe. So There's a big yeah, maybe, moment.
1: Maybe, maybe is a, what happens is it just creates more work without ca- creating any win or any income so yep. i i've i think you might have heard me say this before jeff is that if i'm going to have a follow-up call with someone there's only so much follow-up that i believe we need to do because if somebody's not interested or if they don't have the money or i mean we can and there's a variety of objections that come up and i let me tell you i love handling objections and i also like to find pearls when i'm shucking oysters i'm not looking yep. to just shuck oysters for the sake of shucking and oysters so when we get to that point where i'm doing a follow-up call or maybe my second follow-up call i'm going to be able to put people into a category are they an a b or a c client so psychologically i start the call i frame the call and i would say hey jeff before we get started today let's make an agreement that you know we're going to make a decision yes would be great no is acceptable maybe is not going to be an option today do we agree that that's what we're going to do today like and it. at that point, like, and I notice how I'm asking, do we agree that this is a yes or no question on the, are we saying yes or no? Because yeah. maybe is just stacking more work and guys, the last thing I want for you guys is to work more. It, it's the idea is help more. And when you, the, how do you help more? You get people to, you persuade people, you influence people to say yes more, right? So when you help more and you're selling more, you're making more. Well, it's not maybe more, <laughs> like yes. that's maybe is a waste of all of our time. And I'm not suggesting that people can't ha- take the time to think about it. However, there's a way to be able to overcome that objection. And there's a whole series of that, that Jeff and I can, can speak of. So yeah, was- don't get caught up into the the maybe piece, get caught up into the right psychology. What are some of the favorite sayings that you have, Jeff, that over the years that because repetition is the mother of all skill. It's the mastery, you wanna to get to a level of mastery, you've gotta do it over and over and over again, no matter what it is. You wanna get better at cooking? Keep cooking the same thing. And man, you're gonna be better at it. You wanna get better at sales? Keep practicing. So what are some of the sayings that you've been able to program into your mind that have really changed your psychology over the years?
0: Yeah, and I think that's a great segue, like the meat of this episode, you guys, is we're basically gonna share with you like, sayings that we've used sayings that we tell ourselves just to be better in sales scenarios and sayings that we obviously use when developing other sales people right uh i do want to hit one thing real quick before we hit that though like i would argue to your point you just made there joe that getting people off of maybe and onto yes or no falls completely in line with what we stand for here at help more sell more right like that is helping them Oh, for to sure. make a decision because the yeah. indecision is an impractical place to be. It is not helping them do anything. Let's say for example, like I've got a person who's on the fence about buying a new roof. Well, if they sit on this decision, the current roof that they have is only deteriorating and getting much and much, much more worse. Like scenario wise, you got, you got holes there. Like maybe there's some leaking, like They're wood is. rotting. More later. Yeah, exactly. It's going to cost them more in the long run. So they need to make a decision. The longer I get them stuck on maybe and I follow up, follow up, follow up, and I don't get them to make a decision, the less I am helping them. Exactly. Right? I think that's an important point to be made. But yeah, let's let's dive into uh some of these sayings. So we already prefaced this with um here we're going to talk about being not salesy uh using your psychology here understanding of psychology to help people make decisions of course but the the one of the biggest things that you guys got to remember before we dive into this is that you still have to ask for the sale there still has to be a level of assertiveness not aggressiveness we are not tricking people we're not persuading people we're not doing anything like that the biggest thing to keep in mind here is you need to be assertive because that is what gets you to take people to a no versus a maybe, right? That is what you have to keep in mind. Now let's dive into some of these things. Uh, I'm gonna use one that I say all the time and I know you say, and that is that telling isn't selling. Telling is not selling. And the reason I use this is uh, oftentimes when you first get somebody into sales, so I have a new sales person I'm developing they will harp on features automatically. And and worse than that, sometimes companies will have their salespeople harp on features. And that is not what makes sales. If somebody wanted to learn about the features of a product or a service, they could simply do a Google search. They don't need you to regurgitate that information. And furthermore, they don't care, care. Honestly, most of the time, they don't care how your service works your product works. I don't care. Joe made this example a few episodes back. Like how does this TV work? Right. Tell me about this TV. How many HDMI ports, you know, like tell me about the resolution. Like I don't care. Does it look good? Will it it fit my living room? Will it sound good with the sound bar that you've recommended to me? More importantly than all of that is how will I feel when I sit in that living room with my family and I watch the big game on Sunday? That's it is what sells. When I worked in gyms, it was always, I would have these trainers come in, especially if they were younger, hot off the presses. They got their bachelor's degree in exercise science. I have mine as well. I had to learn this the hard way. They will come in, with all their science, right? With the sciency terms, they're talking anatomy. They're talking biomechanics, bioenergetics. They're talking about the Krebs cycle. Does anybody here know what the Krebs cycle? I
1: remember is? Krebs cycle from high yeah. school, that's
0: crazy. They're talking about the <laughs> Krebs cycle to, to Mrs. Jones, who is a mother of three stay at home. Mom is 42, just wants care. to lose a little bit of weight. She doesn't care about the Krebs cycle. Nobody cares about that stuff, you guys. And that was, that is like the point right there that I make to any new salesperson. Nobody cares. And this actually leads into another saying I'll, I'll creep into my second turn here and then I'll let you do too. But the second thing that this leads into is people don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. You bet. That is, that is a saying I've taken to heart, not just for sales, but just for life. Just for life, like don't go out there spouting your opinions, and just like with only your self-interest and, and and motivations in mind, like think about other people and the impact of what it is that you are saying. Is this furthering society? Is this helping someone when you say this, or is this just causing pain or hurt or turmoil? Like that—that's the life aspect in sales. You know, if you just. Don't connect with a person. If you don't build rapport, if you don't establish no like, and trust KLT, if you're not developing that rapport there, then you just spout off features. They don't care about you. There's no connection here. And you're just, you know, feature dumping, barfing all over them, and it's not helping you make this sale. And furthermore, they don't care about you. So they're not interested in working with you at all. And you've made this example before with, uh, scenarios in your, your, when you were selling fitness equipment where people would come in and you'd be like, the vibe's not right. And you had an employee do this and you did this and you would T O or turn that yeah, over, like off, turn over. you bet right? because you had to, because like the connection's not there. If the report's right. not there, people aren't buying from you. And so, this
1: yeah. is, this, this is just it, Jeff. I'm going to segue into, into one yeah, that you get two, man, two. were going. So, so people don't want to be sold they want to choose to buy. Yes. And this just recently happened. I mean, I'm not kidding. I got an email reply from one of the businesses that I own. It's called Lead Cycles. And I've got a client who's got two locations in the Las Vegas area, and he's opening up a third, um, we'll call it a satellite location. It's not an actual brick-and-mortar location, where he's going to do, be doing mostly rentals. And we offer a service that's an automated follow-up system. Fully done for you. And he goes, well, I don't know if I should... Should I even bother doing this in in my satellite location? And one of the team members on Lead Cycles, she says to me, so, you know, how how should I reply to this? Because I I think I'm going to say, well, if you don't do this, you don't, and if you don't do this, and I'm like, stop. What you're doing is you're actually telling him and you're not getting him to think about the right way to do this. Yeah. getting him to th- think about oh my god yeah i should do this that's so i said let me let me reply i'll re- i'll happily reply to the email so again it was I, I i don't think i i need it over here you know what do you think and and then i i so i sos him. i said hey yeah. and his name's jordan i said hey jordan jordan if you're listening i at the bottom of the email and i said by the way i just sos you and i put the emoji of a wink because and and, and i know he knows what i'm doing so I said, do you want to have more people come back and rent from you again in the future? Yeah. Right? Obvious. An obvious question, but you're right. Think of it, yeah. right? Do you, want, do you want people that have rented to become buyers of your bikes? Yeah, absolutely. You do. Do you want to have people that have rented to tell other people to go and rent from you in the future?
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. That would be the dream.
1: So I, those were my three questions. And then Mm -hmm. I said, by the way, I just used SOS on you. And I left it at that. What do you think he replied with? We'll set it up for the satellite location. I did not have to tell him anything. I asked him questions that led him to figure out the answer in his own mind. So So people don't want to be sold. They want to choose to buy. You get where I went with it, guys. Like, there's some gold that I just dropped here.
0: That, that is so huge and so valuable. Like, you guys have to keep that in mind. And that's just it. What, what this brings up is not necessarily a saying, but more of, like, an understanding of the objection handling process that I want you guys to kind of embrace here. And that is that I am not a fan of the term objection handling. We don't handle... Necessarily the objection or the person. The reality of the situation that you are in when you are objection handling, I'm using air quotes here, is you are strategizing. You are helping a person overcome their excuses through strategy, through thinking out loud. And that's exactly what Joe did. He asked very important, obvious questions, but questions that this person isn't thinking about at the time, right? They are obvious you know and actually they knew that the result of you two working together at the satellite location would result in those yeses happening in real life which would result in dollars you know that's revenue that he's letting go if he doesn't do that the problem is that people become so narrowly focused like they just zoom all the way down they're like satellite location new sops new systems i need staff i need this and they forget like, Oh, I have to service clients. I have to sell bikes. I have to grow and Revenue, then also your business. Yeah. And then they forget, yeah. how did I grow my business so massively that I got to the point of this satellite location? Oh, that's right. I worked with Joe. Oh, that's right. I did this. I got my salespeople trained in the proper way. And then they were able to deal with these things. So for me, like one big concept, just again, overarching themes here for, throughout the the duration of this podcast really is I try to think when I think help more, sell more part of how we came up with the name is I always thought of objection handling as a part of helping. It's not, it's not a game. me. It's not a battle. It's not me versus you. It's, it's us. It's inclusive. It's I understand that you're going through and processing this thing, right? When we buy stuff, when we spend money that we worked really hard on, when we make tough decisions, we have to process that. No, unfortunately in sales, most of the time you have to make a, a, a sale now, like they have to buy now because the, the issue is that when they leave, they forget about you. Why? Yeah. Cause you're not the center of the universe. They are. When they leave, it is their life again. They are in their own Truman show and you are a supporting character. Like you are not important. So when they walk out, they literally brain dump. Cause I ain't got a room for this in my brain right now. I got to go, uh, run for groceries. I got to do some errands. I got to pick up my kids from school. I don't have time to keep in mind that I got to talk to Joe about the dojo. So Joe has yeah. to make his sale now. In order to benefit this person in order to help this person, because they have to make a decision because why maybe is the worst decision you can make on anything Indecision is a decision to not make a decision. And it's the worst thing that you can do. So all of that to say, like objection handling is really strategizing to get people to think out loud. And that is how you help them get them to process this fight through it. You're helping them by doing that. Don't feel salesy. Don't feel pushy. You're not, unless you're using like crazy persuasion tactics and trickery and making up gimmicks and stuff like that. Like, Ooh, it was $5,000. Now it's $4,000. Like, let's be real. You know, that's just sort of this persuasion tactic that you don't necessarily need to do. Ultimately, just get them to think out loud and that's what joe did he asked these questions to get this person to be like yeah yeah i do want to do that and then it, the answer was obvious at the end of that right and we've all said this
1: before and, and, and you know it always comes down to the money like 99 percent of the time it's going to be the money if there's an objection yeah. of some kind it's about the money so one of the sayings that it's not so much a saying, it's a question that, that I've, I've, I've really appreciated it. When it's a small amount of money, people can, you know, they, they, they poo-poo it. They go, ah, whatever, right? Like if you, it's like a $10 membership at Planet Fitness. Now, ah, if I don't go this month, who cares, 10 bucks. Here's the thing. If you gave me $10 and I gave you 20, and this is the saying that really hits me. If you gave me 10 bucks and I gave you 20, and then you gave me another 10 bucks and I gave you another 20 and you gave me another 10 bucks and I gave you 20. When would you stop giving me the 10 bucks? Never. So if yeah. you gave me a hundred dollars and I gave you 200 and you gave me a hundred and I gave you 200, when would you stop giving me the hundred bucks? Never. Cause every time you give me 100, I'm giving you back 200. Yeah. This is where it gets weird, Jeff. When I go from 100 bucks giving you to giving you 2 and I say now give me $1000 and I'm going to give you 2000. Suddenly when the number gets bigger, it's not like Planet Fitness where it's like, "Nah, it's 10 bucks who gives a shit." It's right. $1000 and and they they forget that, "Hey, you you give me a 1000, I'm giving you 2." You give me 5, I'm giving you 10. That's the value that I want to bring to the table. Otherwise, why like and, and this is when I when I hear this guy saying, I don't want to open, I don't want to take your lead cycles piece for this, because what he's thinking of is the cost per month in terms of lead cycles, as opposed to the return on investment yeah. by having it there. And so I have to remind him, okay, how important is it? Do you want to be able to get, right? So it's not, if you don't get, you. this is what, no, 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 no. It's how important is it or... Do you exactly. want to have repeat business? Do you want to have people that are referring other people to you? Do you want to have people that have rented turn into buyers? Those questions get them to reflect so that saying, even though it's not a specific saying when if you give me a hundred and I give you back two and then it 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 this amplifies. I know guys that are in masterminds that they paid one hundred thousand dollars in cash to be in, and even My brain, when I first heard about it a couple years ago, a hundred thousand. Yeah. I melted down, man. I'm like a hundred thousand. What kind of, what do you mean? And everybody that's in the hundred thousand dollar mastermind that I know have said, Oh, I've turned around. I made at least half a million for being in here. And it's like, what? And this is exactly it. Like these things exist. And, the, the, and this is the whole thing. These things exist. And as you get higher and higher in these levels of consciousness, this is really the psychology behind it. You start to surround yourself with people that are thinking at a level that right now, you're probably not there. Wouldn't you like to be there though? To be just around those people that think at these high levels and for them and like there's some people i know that went in and they borrowed money to get into a hundred thousand dollar mastermind and they say joe it was the best freaking money i ever spent (sighs) mind blown mind blown and i can i can tell you jeff i've been in masterminds this this last year i've been in two different masterminds that they're five thousand dollars each and i have gotten my return on investment. So I've spent 50K in two different masterminds, loving it. And now I get to speak at some masterminds that are worth 50K or even at 100K. So I can tell you guys, like at first, go all the way back. Don't go into the Planet Fitness, it's 10 bucks and who cares, because if you're paying 10 bucks for something, meh, right? Start thinking in terms of, who am I surrounding myself with, right? Wayne Dyer, here's another big saying, Wayne Dyer said in his program, The Power of Intention, contemplate yourself as surrounded by the people and conditions you want to produce. Contemplate yourself as surrounded by the people and conditions you wanna produce. This is all about meditation. This is all about gratitude. Gratitude is the magic pill. As I speak to you right now, you might not be able to see it. I've got, I'm holding up this little journal. This is my gratitude journal. I write in it every morning. I write it, what am I grateful for today? And some days, it's, I'm grateful for my socks from Superfeet because they're my favorite socks. My feet feel great because crappy socks totally blow. Like, right? Like, good socks just make me, right? And it's like, I'm because I truly feel grateful. And some days, I'm, I'm grateful for my kids. Right? I'll write that down. I'm grateful for my pal, Jeff. I'm grateful for our producer, Chaz. I'm grateful for my buddy, Chris. I'm grateful for Shauna. Right? I'm grateful for my daughter's dog, my first grandchild. My, my daughter's dog, Louis, Right? All, like I'm truly grateful. So I can feel that. Well, that energy gets permeated into all the work that I do. Surround yourself by the people and conditions you want to produce. So the mindset is really what we're talking about today. So yeah, Jeff and I talk tactics and everything else. Once you you when you start with the mindset, the tactics will fall into place.
0: I love it. That that was uh, uh, there's a lot of gold there, you guys, right in that.
1: (laughs) Joe went off on a Joe flow.
0: i I just let joe flow man you know that's that's what it's all about all right so i do want to harp on a few things you just said uh first one i want to call out is that you mentioned in your example that email like hey if you don't do this then this will happen which kind of goes back to the telling isn't selling and if you guys are guilty of using a sales tactic like that in the past um raise your hand because i have i've used it and sure. I will say like poor training was my reasoning for it. My boss did it in front of me. And, I, the, the second time I heard it from him was the most egregious example of just terrible sales tactics. I'll give you it ready. Yep. Uh, he was talking to a guy who really needed to lose weight, who was on some medication. Now this guy needs help, right? The guy objects says, I can't afford this. Mm-hmm. What does my boss say? I don't think you're gonna believe it, Joe. You might be surprised. Um, My my boss, and this is, uh, this is not a great organization that I worked for you guys. I'm glad I didn't work there long, but this guy legitimately with a stone cold straight face goes, if you don't do this, you're going to die. (laughs) Oh my God.
1: The other worst thing from that is, well, what can you afford?
0: Exactly. (laughs) Like,
1: it's like, what are you doing,
0: man? Yeah, what's what's oh. it going to take to get a deal from you today? Like, it's oh, just egregious, awesome. nonsensical sales tactics, you guys. Like, you can't sit here and be like, if you don't do this, you'll die. I know it's $2,000, but if you don't do it, you'll die. How much is your life worth to you? That's nonsense. That's ridiculous. It, it was, I laughed, actually, at the table. I was shadowing him, and I went... <laughs> what (laughs) and like the guy looked at me and was like what is this happening right now like a person can just say this in real life like i hear if you're a doctor and you're saying just take this medication or you're going to die, but you're at a gym, bro. And the gym is not even open yet. And this guy just needs to lose some weight. Like you're going to tell me if he doesn't do this, he's going to die. I'm sorry. That is ridiculous. You're crossing too many lines right now. So I wanted to share that example, please stop saying if you don't do this, this will happen. That's not a closing tactic. Please don't do it. Now, the other thing you harped on was ROI. So return on investment. I want you guys to keep this in mind no matter what you sell, there is an ROI. So Joe gave some very specific examples of say a mastermind or Joe's sales program, right? If you join the SOS dojo or you have lead cycles, for example, like you will get a ROI and the ROI is from simply using the program. Now let's say you sell uh, in my example, fitness. Okay. Do I get money back? If I give you a hundred, do I get $200? No, I'm not gonna pay you. If you train with me, you're not gonna get money from that. You're gonna give me $2,000, and here's what you're gonna get. You're going to lose the weight that you wanted to lose. You're gonna get stronger. What what does that lead to, do you think, you guys? It leads to my confidence coming up. Now, uh, what, is, what does an increased confidence potentially lead to? It could lead to better relationships. It can lead to a uh, better, more quality time spent with my family. It could lead to uh, a, a new job, a raise, um, something of that sort. So there's an ROI, although indirect. So what I'm trying to get across here, you guys, is... If you sell something that doesn't directly give money back to your clients through sales tactics, through better sales training, through a mastermind opening up your getting your creative juices flowing so that you start a new company or you bring your company up another level or you 10 X your, your sales or whatever. Like even if it isn't a direct ROI, there is an ROI for sure. And, and to Joe's point, like he was asking questions specifically rated uh, related to that ROI. So, what this brings me to is no matter what you guys are selling, when people purchase it, they're purchasing for emotional region, reasons, not logical reasons, people buy on emotion. They process on logic. You don't want them to buy on logic because if you do, then you're simply in a race to the bottom, price. Uh, and, and it's all about the price. Like they're just looking for the hottest deal. You, trust me, you don't want to be in that race. You will lose. Whether you win or lose, you lose. If you win the sale, you had to decrease your price or devalue your product or service in order to make the sale you lost. If you didn't get the sale, you'll lost. So it's a lose-lose situation. You don't want to be there you guys. So ultimately like when you guys are making your sale, and this is something I harp on at Burley sales all the time. We focus on the discovery phase of the sales process. Every single selling process has a discovery phase. I don't care if you sell software, TVs, the SOS dojo, every single sales process has a discovery phase where you learn about your uh, prospect and you develop rapport with that person. You try to understand their needs, their wants, their goals, their desires. And that is how you elicit this emotional tie down. The emotions come through that line of questioning. And, And Joe is eliciting those through asking questions like, Well, hang on. Do you want more people renting your bikes? Yes. Do you want those renters becoming buyers? Yes. Do they want, do you want them to refer to other people? Yes. And the emotional tie down there is that this guy wants a successful satellite location, right? What does that do for him? Well, not only does it boost revenue for the overall organization it increases his personal income, it moves him closer to personal wealth. What does that do for him? Well, potentially that's going to increase his confidence, improve his relationships, allow him to buy better presents, gifts for all of his family, things like that, things that you wouldn't, you know, directly relate to selling bikes. Right. It also also does does this.
1: It also takes him out of a, out of a position of stress right people, people will will more yeah. likely buy themselves out of something as opposed to buying into something. pain points. right? So so in, in, and this is you know, I, I want to give you a shameless plug here because when you you look at Jeff's sales program and the importance of discovery, and this is really, really important, you guys. And this is, and I'm gonna link the saying to this, Tom Billou from Impact Theory said this and it stuck with me and it is knowledge monetizes forever I love knowledge that. monetizes forever so it's not only the skills that you learn from the burly sales process and how to do a good discovery which is knowledge right you'll have it forever you buy jeff's program you'll have it forever right knowledge monetizes forever the knowledge you gain when you are discovering something from a client is knowledge that you have forever about said client. So it's not just the knowledge of how to do something. It's the knowledge of the people that you're talking to. So if you're telling people you ain't selling crap, if you're Mm -hmm. asking the right questions in the right sequence, doesn't it make sense that that knowledge you can turn around and then provide them the, hey, let me put a magnifying glass on these pain points that you actually told me about. Doesn't it make sense that I could help you get out of that spot so that we could get you to a better quality of life, depending on what they're looking for? Does that not make sense, everybody? Because that's the point. Good salesmanship, quote unquote, is really asking the right questions and knowledge monetizes forever
0: hundred percent. And you just hit like the next two points actually. So this is going to carry us through to the end. We're going to kind of rapid fire a few of these you guys. So yeah. what you just hit was that the questions have to be asked in the right order, which yeah. the way I approach this when I'm developing salespeople and maybe you do the same it, it, and I actually have an example of this that just popped up uh, on a sales call recently, but you need to start with non-invasive questions. Yep. and then you work your way as you develop know, like, and trust (KLT). We talk about this every episode, rapport essentially, and this relationship between you and the prospect. Then you become more invasive. I'll give you an example. I was talking to a person the other day, and we we're talking about uh, her sales process. Now, she uh, I deal mostly with mentoring gym owners. She is not a gym owner per se; her husband is, but she's operating a school, alternative school. Okay, so trying to sell. Uh, students into this school now her first question was why does your child need a new school now on the surface you're asking why is that invasive think about it you're a parent
1: yeah you're you're going way too deep way too soon you got to earn the right you got to ETR you got to earn the right to get to that question
0: exactly so our discussion I basically I was like hey show me your discovery process right now So she showed me it and I said, oof, okay. I know what's going on (laughs) Like, because I saw that question right off the bat. Basically, if you guys think about this from a parent's perspective, maybe you're not a parent, but as a parent, you're essentially being judged on a decision or a consideration of a decision right off the bat. And I actually told her like, you don't even need to ask that question. It's your job to uncover that information for them. You don't ask them why they're doing this. You come to a conclusion through asking questions and that will come out. And that's just an example of like how we deep dive into your sales process and analyze and then change it up in an appropriate way. So by taking that question out entirely and moving to a a much simpler question, which is like, Hey, what were you hoping we could do for you today? Like that is a completely non-invasive exploratory question, which will start a proper cadence and approach for your discovery process from there you do what joe trains everybody in the sos dojo about which is the ted method right tell me about this explain to me this describe to me that and you ask more questions the why question why as a question is a harsh question you guys oh it's very invasive it It can't come up till later
1: yeah the, the, the there's a there's an old mentor of mine his name's Doug passed away. Um, Doug used to say, I, I don't answer why questions. Yeah. That was his saying, I don't answer why questions. So he would actually make me reframe the question so that why wasn't a part of it. And it was brilliant. Yeah. Right. So instead of why do you do that? It's so what's prompting this.
0: Yeah why is invasive
1: it's it's, it's a question we, we could have a whole episode on don't say why
0: i think we should i think that's a yeah. great point because i mean i now granted i would ask it late in the discovery phase oh, yeah, yeah. When I was selling, um, you know, personal training, like why never came up until I had a list of great goals that fit smart standards, right? You guys know the acronym specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. So I would get these goals from my potential clients and we'd have a long discussion. We'd laugh. I'd crack jokes here and there. That's how I connect with people. So we, I knew I had rapport. I knew we were friends now. And then I would ask now. Let's dig in a little bit deeper. Like, why are these goals important to you? Why is now a a good time to be focusing on those? And that's the only example where like, I would use it. You never use that in the beginning. And to Joe's point, you could get away with never using the question why at all. Right. So that's a great option too. Um, but but that, that is a great concept for you guys to understand. Just start non-invasively, very easy softball questions, man. You wouldn't walk into a a first date that way. Like, why did you want to meet with me? Why are you dating? <laughs> like, <laughs> what what's got you on the market now? Huh? What's oh, yeah, going yeah, on? Like, Bad relationships. What's going yeah, on? Like,
1: it's it's the it's the classic. Why are you single? Are you kidding me? Wow. Oof. Yeah, that's like Oof. that's that's gonna bomb.
0: Yeah. So, welcome but, to you know, the fight.
1: <laughs> I think we could. I think we could. We could get close to wrapping this up with this. Yep. It's, yeah And 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 it it's the saying that really hits it home for me. And it comes from a master, from Tony Robbins, who heard it from Jim Rohn, who heard it from Napoleon Hill. Like, And it's repetition. Repetition is the mother of all skill. Repetition is the mother of all skill. Keep listening to this podcast. Keep practicing your skills. Keep learning. Keep surrounding yourself the people and the conditions you want to produce. The practice is going to get you guys better. The This, the, this is an ongoing skill set. And otherwise, if you don't do what this saying of repetition is the mastery of all skill, is the mother of all skill, if you don't keep practicing, then what, what happens naturally is called entropy. It's called chaos. Look up entropy. If you don't keep doing something on purpose, chaos ensues if you want to have growth you have to keep practicing it if if you don't chaos or entropy this is a natural fact in terms of how life works so you got to do the mental work first when you do this stuff and you have the right energy i'll tell you through my life and experience and people that i've worked with everything else will fall into place it's just the the habits and the discipline getting into those habits We'll get you to your goals.
0: It's a game changer, you guys. And ultimately what this comes down to from this episode today and from every episode on the show is we need you to take action. It's all great and well and wonderful if you listen to the podcast. And we sure as heck appreciate any five-star reviews, by the way. But we want you to be successful. That's the only reason we're here. Like I love ranting about sales as much as Joe loves ranting about sales. And I can have fun talking about this. I can have fun just talking to myself. I'm glad people are listening, but ultimately you guys need to take action. So go out, practice this. And if anything comes away from the show, we gave you a whole bunch of sayings. They're not, we didn't write these sayings, by the way. I do want to come out and say that we use them every single day, but like Joe just gave the example of like, so-and-so heard it from so-and-so heard it from so-and-so and so That's the way a lot of this stuff works. It's because it works. Other people, they regurgitate it, but you know what makes them unique? The way that they compile that information and deliver it to you. And that's what we're trying to do here. Ultimately from today, if you can walk away with a few golden sayings, golden nuggets, and you just put them on a post-it note and you read them every day, or you just put them in your back pocket, or you just remember them, like whatever it is that you do. For example, telling isn't selling. If you just listen and repeat that in your head, You're going to go into a sales scenario where normally you would feature dump and you're going to say, whoop, pump the brakes, telling isn't selling, and then you're going to stop what you're doing and you're going to ask a question instead. And that is what's going to help you become more successful. That's what's going to help you help more people and sell more. Like that's what this show is about. So thank you guys so much for listening to another episode. Uh, We're back every Monday, 6 a.m. Eastern. We drop an episode. Be sure to like, subscribe, drop a five-star review. If you like the content, please share it this podcast with anybody to hear this. Or share it around. Like this is this is the information technology, right? You can share it with anybody. There's no like this isn't NRTs. Like it's not going to go out. There's plenty of people that can listen to a podcast. So please keep sharing it. And of course, if you guys want to book a discovery call with either myself or with Joe, uh, or with both of us, feel free to do so. You can check out our websites sos sosdojo.com, and you just you just got a new domain name. I don't know if that's live yet, but I know things are going to change for you. I'm sure we'll drop some info on that Yep. we will it's all good all right so you guys follow us on facebook instagram the real joe Marku and Burley sales we'd be happy to talk to you if you want to shoot us a, a dm on instagram or something like that we'll talk to you on the next episode chas let's get out of here